This is Scott Richmond, the director for New York and New Jersey for ADL, the Anti-Defamation League, coming to you from the front lines. ADL is on the front line every day fighting anti-Semitism and hate, and this show brings that to you from the WVOX studios in New York. In the battle against anti-Semitism, a particularly pernicious form is Holocaust denial. It is, of course, absurd and deeply offensive. It is also extremely troubling as our eyewitnesses The survivors of the Holocaust are mostly gone. After a long battle, many social media companies have finally agreed to ban this form of hate from their sites. That is the subject of today's show. I am very fortunate to once again welcome Daniel Kelly to the show. He recently completed an assessment of how well these companies are responding. It is called ADL's Holocaust Denial Report Card, and he will tell us all about it. He's the Director of Strategy and Operations for ADL's Center for Technology and Society, or CTS, which fights anti-Semitism and hate in digital social spaces. Welcome back, Daniel, too, from the front lines. Thanks for having me, Scott. So let's start off with an understanding of what we're talking about here. What is Holocaust denial, and what are some examples of how this appears in digital spaces? Uh, I think we know... The Holocaust was the systematic murder of approximately 6 million Jews and several million others by the Nazis. Uh, it's one of history's most exhaustively documented and studied atrocities, but anti-Semites have tried to cast doubt on that, right? In, and they do that they did that before the Internet, and they did that in various digital spaces. And so the way, the way that it looks online right now is you have people asking who sort of take the, the classic line of just asking questions, right, about the number of Jews who were killed, about the ways in which it would be difficult to do that, right, about the uh, about, about whether it happened at all, right? This can take the form of a video where people, expo- you know, uh, expostulate on these theories on YouTube or on Twitch. Uh, this can take the form of, of images where people are, are pointing to their own sort of absurd versions of evidence to show that, that Holocaust didn't happen or it wasn't as bad as some people might say. And then in you have that in social media. And then in online games, which we looked at for the first time in this uh, report card, you have people in their usernames using terms like holohoax, right, which is a, a, a slang term used by anti-Semites to basically just deny the Holocaust in, in one word, right? So you have people you know, in Fortnite, for example, in, in games that where young people are creating usernames with sort of explicit Holocaust denial as their the, the sort of name they run around these spaces in. So it, it crosses the gamut of all these different kinds of content. And how much of a problem is this? Do you have a sense of the scope? For social media, we don't have access to the full uh, sort of fire hose of data from any social media sites. You know, we do have surveys uh, that look at this to some degree. Uh, our survey of online multiplayer games, for instance, found that, you know, over the last four years, 2019 to 2022, around one in 10 uh, adults are exposed to Holocaust denial in online games. But again, these, these are sort of high-level survey numbers, and we really do need better access to data to be able to look at the full picture of this. But at the same time, right, it's not uh, difficult for our investigators when we're doing something like this report card where we're looking for content, reporting it, evaluating when uh, the platforms act. It's not hard for our investigators to look on any platform and find within a few minutes a whole bunch of content, right? So while we can't say necessarily the full prevalence, it's still very easy to come by. 
Right, and that's a big problem, obviously. Take a site like Facebook. Facebook has, uh, in October 2020, Mark Zuckerberg stood before the world and said, I will no longer allow Holocaust denial on Facebook, and, and you can find it within minutes on Facebook, correct? Yes, that's absolutely the case. All right, so tell us about the Holocaust denial report card. What What is it? Sure, so we did this for the first time in 2021 uh, after the announcement that you mentioned. And then we did it again uh, this past year to look at both. Uh, does, a, does a digital platform have a policy, right? It, are they saying, yes, Holocaust denial is prohibited on our platform? And then we find content that is Holocaust denial. Right? We're not looking for gray area content. We're looking for very explicit content that is denying the Holocaust, saying it didn't happen, minimizing it. And then we report it. We report it to the platform both as an average user Right, at, using like a dummy account or an account unaffiliated with ADL, and then we report it as a uh, as a trusted flagger. ADL has relationships with many of the uh, social media and gaming platforms that exist today, and so and we have sort of channels where we can escalate content. So we flag it as an average user, and then we flag it as ADL, and then we record the results. Uh, and that's sort of it broadly what the what the report card is. I think one of the main takeaways from this was when we reported as ADL, um, we got results, right? We, we reported these obvious Holocaust denial and we sent it to a variety of platforms, TikTok, uh, Discord, other, other platforms, right? Through our trusted flagger and we got action. When we reported it as an average user, when we didn't use our affiliation as ADL, the average user didn't get uh, a response or get the, the content action. Right? This is a real problem because, you know, ostensibly, we're not, we're not talking about a disagreement about whether this content is violative or hateful. We're talking about a process issue where an average person who is flagging obvious and hateful Holocaust scenario can't get a response from the platform or get a sufficient response from the platform. Uh, and that's really something we need the platforms to do more about. And as I read the Holocaust denial report card, no social media site got better than a C plus. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think that's be and because, you know, for our, our grading schema, we really wanted to give credit to those platforms where uh, they're, you know, they actually did respond to the average user. Actually, really the only platform that responded to the average user uh, is was Riot Games League of Legends, right, which is famous for being a very toxic uh, game, but I think shows that, you know, some of these, you know, some of these companies are digging in and doing the work to improve their product. And we got, you know, from them a response from an average user flag, an explanation of why, of why this was uh, violative. So I think for all that some social media companies say about what they're doing, I think it's notable that it was a game company that really uh, provided the kind of response we want to see for the average user uh, from when, when you're reporting this kind of content. So you're saying that YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, these these sites uh, really were not so responsive? No, I mean, certainly not to the average user. YouTube, for example, right, when we when we uh, reported to their platform as a, as a trusted flagger, provided, you know, detailed response saying, this is why we did, it, did not take action, which is awesome. We're really glad that they did that for us as a trusted partner. We want that level of transparency for the average user, right? An average user should be able to report content and understand why a platform did or did not take action, right? And, and 
to in, in this sort of experiment, no platform provided that uh, explanation to the average user besides uh, Riot Games League of Legends, and and no uh, platform actually actioned the content. Which again, there was no argument whether this was Holocaust denial. It was simply uh, a, a function of the fact that their reporting system needs a lot of work. Just to sum up, we've got a situation where Holocaust denial is not allowed on many of these sites, but it, you still find it, and when it's reported to them, they don't seem to, to act on it. So why? Why is it so difficult to act, and, and what are our recommendations to these companies? It's not uh, the fact that they don't think it's Holocaust denial. It's, it's a resourcing issue to some degree, right? They're not putting enough resources into their trust and safety efforts, they're not creating, you know, we and other organizations have uh, created recommendations about how to rep- improve their reporting flow, uh, the ways in which people can report to platforms, uh, which have not been implemented uh, year over year. And so we really need to see, uh, for instance, right, regardless of the severity of a particular incident, you can never get anybody on the phone for any platform, right? That's something where, and it doesn't have to be phone, but like you can't get a live person to respond to you, right, for any platform, right? And that's a real, that's a real problem. And so we need to have platforms investing in trust and safety, investing in support for targets of hated harassment, uh, for people who are experiencing Holocaust denial and you know are are, are traumatized or, or you know really affected by this kind of hateful content. And uh, I assume you raise this with the social media companies directly. As I said, we have a trusting relationship with all of the major social media companies, and we flag this report card to them uh, and, and have discussions, right? We see this. So the, the, the people who are on this report card are the, the platforms that are actually doing something. There are plenty of bad actor platforms we didn't include, but we see this as part of the ongoing public and private engagement of these platforms to push them to do better about Holocaust denial and all forms of hate. All right, Daniel, thank you so much for this important set of data points, which we hope will lead to changes and new policies. And more broadly, thanks for all you do all year to fight anti-Semitism and hate. And and thanks for being on today's show. Thanks for having me, Scott. And, of course, a big thank you to the listeners who tuned in to From the Frontlines, either live on WVOX 1460 AM or as a podcast. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or on Spotify to ensure that you do not miss a show. Just search for From the Frontlines. And please engage in these important conversations throughout the week by following me on Facebook and Twitter. My handle is at Scott A. Richmond, and our hashtag is fighting hate for good.